Tour bikes, man. man. <laughs> oh man, these these after work naps here, they hit different. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. After work, you just lie down on your bed and you're able to just close your eyes. Honestly, Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nah. And then when you try and actually sleep at night, and then you just you're just kept awake by whatever your your own imagination, and then things. It's like where was this when I needed to stay up? Yeah, was this enthusiasm before? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting rid of naps. Adult life, man. The, the naps just you don't really get to decide. They just hit you when they hit you. Your body just tells you, "I need a nap now." It's oh, crazy. It's... When we were kids, we we defied sleeping. We did not want to sleep. We wanted to stay up for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Now it's the opposite. I'm trying to get naps when, when I can. Jeez. <laughs> man, honestly, I'm do- I look forward to my sleep, man. Sleep is free. Sleep is free, and it can do you so much good. Honestly, man. I don't know what it is with sleep, where sometimes you have so much to do, and sleeping is probably the last thing you should be doing, but you, you just do it anyway. <laughs> He's just like, I'm still going to sleep, though. I'm mm-hmm. still going to do it. Man. Uh, it's crazy, but yes, we are back. Welcome to the Lockdown Yard. I am Ed. And I'm Charles. Sweet, sweet. How's the week been, man? How's the week been? Yeah, it's been good. Busy, 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 as always. Um, Work is getting a bit... Um, I don't know. I think it's getting a bit quiet. Maybe it was because it was just half term. But yeah, it's picking up now, and you know, I'm looking forward to like chilling in the winter. You know, just chilling indoors. Pun intended. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> always. <laughs> I'm waiting for that meme. Oh, which one? The father dog one. Yeah, the father dog one. <laughs> it's coming, man. I'm waiting for. You know, right now it's not too cold. It's like I can't see my breath yet. When it gets to that level of cold, then I'm dropping it. I'm dropping the meme. So watch out for it watch out but yeah man i i'm looking forward to staying indoors i'm actually gonna go to cinema more now now that it's getting cold it's just one of the perfect motives you just get to sit inside sit back relax enjoy your films and i've I've got a backlog an absolute backlog of films to watch bro i've got a backlog of a certain franchise that has a new film out i have not watched a single james bond since casino royale so oh I need to catch goodness. up. I need to catch up pronto. Because oh I hear this God. one is amazing. I mean, I've seen every single Daniel Craig film as Bond. Mm-hmm. I would say Casino Royale is still my favorite. That's not to say the rest are not good, even though Spectre gets quite a bit of hate. The yeah. one with, I mean, the latest one has Christoph Waltz as well, but Spectre, he was the main villain. And that one gets the most hate up, out of all of Daniel Craig's films as Bond, so eh, I'm, I'm lukewarm on that one, but yeah, for the most part, I like Daniel Craig as Bond. Casino mm. Royale is still my favourite, closely followed by Skyfall, and the rest are pretty interchangeable depending on, depending on my mood, to be honest, but yes, 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 you need to catch up, man. You need yeah. to catch up. You know, I watched it when it came out. I didn't watch it again, like ever. Like the story is so fuzzy to me now, but I'm def- I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch it and start it all over again. I mean, I'm, I'll say one of the unfortunate things about Daniel Craig's Bond is that all the films are quite interlinked. So, unfortunately, if you don't watch them in chronological order, and if you just try and jump in and say, um. A Skyfall, for example, or Spectre, there'll be a bit of backstory that you've missed out on. There'll be certain things you don't don't understand. So I'd say, yeah, when you've got time, just continue. It goes Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. So okay. enjoy, man. All right, man. What, what's your backlog anyway? Hey, I'm just even just what's in cinema right now. I'm I'm in the Odeon app because I've got Odeon Limitless. Mm-hmm. And like I haven't seen Last Night in Soho, which I've heard a lot of good things about. Oh yeah, I've heard the good things about that too. Yeah, and there was this other film, uh, The French Dispatch, which is another Wes Anderson film. You know that guy that likes symmetry in every single scene. 
The last deal, which I've heard, is really good, but they're terribly at the box office. Like, it bombed. I feel like I've heard about that film. I feel like I've heard about Yeah, with Matt Damon, Kylo Ren. Yeah, rings a bell, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mate, I saw Harry Potter, Philosopher's Stone, or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you grew up. Mm -hmm. I saw it in the cinema again. It's the 20th, can you believe it's the 20th anniversary Oh. Of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And it makes sense, 2001. Man, nostalgia must have yeah, hit it's, hard. It's, it's out. Well, I haven't gone to watch it yet, but I'm thinking about it. I think it's only it's only going to be out in cinemas this week. But listen, I've got The Limitless. I might as well. I might as well. The nostalgia is going to be crazy. Hearing that score. Oh, yeah, I'm going to relive it. Seeing that on the big screen again. You'd be like a kid, honestly. Listen. And I've seen some other random films. Like, I've seen My Hero Academia. It's in cinema right now. World Heroes. Uh, I don't really follow My Hero Academia, but... You should. You really should. I you know, would appreciate I know, it. I know. You would appreciate it so much, I can tell. Definitely. But as you can tell, yeah, my backlog is mad. But recently I have watched uh, a Netflix show called Made, which is it's a good show, man. It's a really well done show. I recommend it. It's just about uh, single mothers' struggles through life with various different issues. Homelessness, being being broke, uh, dealing with relationship, domestic violence. But it's such a well done show. It's really good acting. I, I recommend it, honestly. I've heard good things about it. Have you? I recently watched one as well. It's called uh, Clickbait. Clickbait. That's that's the one I need to watch. I've been, I'm into these. Um, you know these Netflix one single series, single season shows where you can just binge them. Yeah, that's another one I need to catch up on. I've heard that's a very bingeable one. I watched it in bits. I watched it. I finished it on my way to work like today, and I did okay. not see it, the twist happening at all. Uh, I hear at you. all. No spoilers uh, then. I'll I'm not going to say How nothing. many episodes? I think it's eight or nine. Eight or nine. That's doable. That's doable. And I'm guessing it's like no more than 50 minutes or maximum an hour per episode. Yeah, like, like your normal like 42 minute ones. Sweet. Yeah, that's bingeable. Uh, I'm going to look into that. I did hear a bit of noise about it, a bit of hype. So, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't feel like it wasted my time at all and it was... It was very good and well acted as well. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Well, yeah, scrolling through the audio app, I've seen, obviously, there's Venom out. And we haven't really dis- managed to discuss it. And I don't even think we discussed the first Venom. So what are your, what are your thoughts on the Venom? F- yeah, I was going to say, what, what are your thoughts on the Venom franchise, one and two? First of all, which one do you prefer? Well, we kind of already touched on it a little bit, but like going on from what I said that time, I would say the first one I took too seriously and I kind of got disappointed because I expected more from the comic book character. Mm-hmm. So I just realized it for now for what it was. Like it was just going to be an offshoot of Venom. So Tom Hardy's performance, yeah, it's good. It was good. Um, um, and then knowing that level of understanding with Venom, one, I watched it Venom 2 with like lower expectations and I just found it enjoyable just to watch. Like it wasn't like my favorite comic book movie of the year, but it was just like, okay, you're doing a sequel. But that post credit though, you got me with that post credit. Oh yes. <laughs> the post credit. Tasty, Eddie. <laughs> Yo. I don't know how, what they're thinking with that, but yeah. They they got me with that post credit. What do you think, man? Yeah, I've got some questions regarding the whole franchise, especially, ah, spoiler alert, I mean, come on, if you haven't seen the, if you don't know about the post credit scene by now, then you probably don't care about this franchise, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just how it is, man, it's the truth. Alright, fair enough. The post credit scene, obviously, finally links Venom Weaving scene to Tom Holland Spider-Man. That's the post credit scene with Spider-Man and you know, Venom in the same scene. So, yeah, we're officially doing that. But going back to, you know, 
would I prefer one or two or my thoughts on the franchise? Yeah, I agree with you. I remember, in fact, I remember, do you remember the the first one? We we saw that one quite late, uncharacteristically late. Yeah. But we were hearing some really mixed to bad things about it. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we, we went in with low expectations. I remember. Yeah. I, I definitely did. Then I watched it. I was like, are my expectations low or is this enjoyable? I was like, you know what? This isn't that as bad as the the bad noise was making us. So, yeah, I had a good time with the first one. Uh, I thought the main thing, the main thing I loved about it was obviously the chemistry between Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy, <laughs> aka Eddie Brock and Venom. But you know what? It it felt like a movie that would have felt more suited to like the early two thousands for me. Yeah, it was if you get what I mean. perfectly with that era of Tim Burton esque when he was dominating the superhero. You know that that's Sam Raimi, first yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of thing. Yeah, because you feel like after Chris Nolan did Batman Begins, all these superhero franchises tried to go towards the grittier kind of dark darker stories, and then Marvel kind of brought it back a bit. With a mix of that, doing the gritty thing, but also filled with comedy and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but I enjoyed that Venom. It was it didn't take itself too too seriously, you know. It was just, um, let's see, Tom Hardy was so talented. He's, he's just crazy talented. I'm just, mm. every time I see him, him and Venom interacting in the scene, I'm just thinking, man, how did they do this? Did they f- record his voice as Venom and then play it back with? Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock reacting or the other way around or whatever. It's it's fascinating, honestly. But And his voice was, like, really, really good. And like, the way he actually trains his voice to be like Venom is really cool. I think I saw a TikTok on him once and he just showed him how showed the interviewer how to do it. Mm. I can't even try it. Our Venom. I'll give it a try because you gave it a try. We are Venom. See, this ain't fair, man. Every time we do any kind of impression, you know your impressions are just insane. So I don't even get close. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> because your name is Ed. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Jeez, you're taking over my dad jokes as well. What else do you want, huh? What, what else do you want from me? I want that meme. I want that meme yesterday. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, and um, yeah, the, the second one I didn't think was as good as the first one. It's still fairly enjoyable, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't dig as much as the first one. The villain, you know, Carnage, and the crazy guy who Carnage was born from. I didn't really. I mean, it's accurate to how he was formed in the comics. You know, he bit him, and a bit of the symbiote got into him, and. But that's how he became Carnage. But eh, I didn't, I didn't find him as intimidating as the villain in the first one. So, really, no, no. He felt more cartoony to you. A lot more cartoony. Mm. Like people were saying that about this film a lot, especially that that scene with um Venom in the party. But I was just yeah, like, that... yeah, this is what this franchise is. I knew this coming in, so it's not going to like make me disappointed. <laughs> that scene in Venom 2 with the, at the party was when I was like, I don't know, something clicked in my head. I was like, ah, this film's not good. It's not as good as the first one. It's not bad. It's still worthwhile. It was still worth my while, you know, mm-hmm. going and seeing it. It's part of the whole franchise. But yeah, overall, still prefer Venom 1 over 2. Mm. I'm looking forward that as I said that post credit scene has set up nicely and I'm looking forward to the future only thing I don't know is what is going to happen because so far we've seen Venom as a kind of anti-hero right but yeah is he going to just outright be a villain when it comes to linking up with Spider-Man because that's been their historic relationship going back to the comics and whatnot. I don't know man I have no idea how these guys are going to like pull this off i feel like there's gonna be something to do with the multiverse or something maybe he'll be like a side like not a psychic a partner to spider-man instead i don't know like i really want black suit spider-man like done properly or 
just a different interpretation of what we got in Spider-Man 3. Mm. But I don't know if you're going to get that. I don't see how we're going to get that with Venom right now. Yeah, we've had two franchises of him. No, two films so far in his own franchise basically saving the world. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, saving people. And to go from that to being an outright villain would be a bit weird. But yeah. again... That ain't our problem. That's the rightest problem. They go figure it out. So we'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We will see. I am just a consumer. I don't make decisions. <laughs> I don't make decisions, mate. I'm just a consumer. There we go. Right. So today we are going to be gushing about one of the best directors in the business right now, Mr. Denis Villeneuve. I'm butchering that pronunciation. I've heard so many people pronounce it in different ways, but I'm going to say Denis Villeneuve. And the reason we're talking about him is because one of his latest films, you might have heard of it, called Dune, is now in cinemas. And we just, we're just going to take this as a chance to gush a bit over his previous work because we've never really managed to discuss it on this podcast. But this guy's CV is solid. It's solid. This guy's CV is solid. I mean, we across the board. Yeah, the only piece of villain news work we've discussed was actually on the previous episode, which was Prisoners. We we discussed the whole sink scene. Bro, I like, watched that Tell again. Tell me. Tell me. I watched that again. It's like, oh, it's so good. The way he just builds the atmosphere with like random shots and like the color grading and like the soundtrack even, and ah, oh, it was all just good. It just fits so well in Hugh Jackman's performance. Watch Prisoners, people, once again. It's true, man. Well, honestly, villain, he's known for having the you know, the visuals in it. He's really known for being a visual director. You won't walk away from any uh, villain new film and not, no matter what the quality is in terms of the story or plot or anything, you're not going to walk away from any villain new film thinking, yeah. That didn't look that good, or the color grading wasn't that good, or the cinematography wasn't good. No, that it feels has like always been like one of the staples of his work, and it's amazing to see. We'll get we'll get into the the details of Dune and whatnot. But what are your favorite pre Dune? What are your mm-hmm. favorite Villeneuve films? All right, so I've mentioned Prisoners, right? Of course. Okay, didn't I notice. just have to make sure that's <laughs> on there. Okay. <laughs> And the other one, just because I like the way it looks mostly, the story didn't quite engage me the way I wanted it to, is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner looks so beautiful, man. It looks, it looks like pure cinema, man, honestly. You, you had to watch that in the cinema. Listen, the color grading reminded me a lot about a lot of Mad Max for you, Road. So, you know, there's really dark red scenes, but... The difference is this has a lot of contrast in blue color as well. And some of the scenes, honestly, ah, the Just, holograms. Oh, geez. I've never been a big fan of neon, but this film turned me around on neon. Like, it was just amazing to look at. And the framing of the shots as well. Like, you feel like the isolation, you feel the tension when you need to. And there's this thing that Hans does, because it's Hans again. Oh, we got to talk about Hans. Hans yeah. Zimmer, yeah? The way he mixes in, like, just the sound of the city with the music, and it blends yep, so yep, well. Yep. You, you can barely even tell if he's... Oh, it's just it's just perfect, man. That film is great. That's definitely so, on my list. Pre, Pre-Dune. Yeah, I'd say I agree with you on all those points. Um, one of my favourites, another film called Sicario. Sicario. That film... I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's about the war on drugs along the the US and Mexico border. And Mm -hmm. I just love how it shot that acting. And there's one particular scene in general where they're they're stuck in traffic and I think it's an an ambush or they're they're confronting a cartel. And the way they lead up to that scene and the action is just immense. From the music, the intensity, it's, it's just superb and the casting the casting have you seen it um josh brolin benicio del toro 
Emily Blunt. Emily who, by Blunt, the way, yeah. Is just immense in everything. Mm-hmm. He even had uh, John Bernthal. And he had oh, our, Punisher. Our yeah, and he had our Shane. guy, Daniel Kaluuya. Yo, okay, I need to rewatch this because I think I watched it in the cinema, but I wasn't really focusing. I don't know how old I was at the time, but yeah, I wasn't really focusing. But I need to rewatch this knowing this cast. Damn, that's a good cast. That is solid, man. It's I might have slept film. on this film, you know. I'm ashamed to say I might have slept on this film. But I you know what film I didn't sleep on? sleeping on Sicario, but yeah, man. Definitely check it out. What, what film have you been sleeping on? I haven't been sleeping on this film. I love this film. Arrival. Arrival, which, by the way, Amy Adams should have won an Oscar for. But she, she, she was snubbed. She was snubbed. She's been snubbed for so many roles. She's tried so many times, mm-hmm. whether it's lead actress or supporting, uh, whatever. But it's a beautiful film. I just love the concept of her being a linguist mm-hmm. and her being, you know, put in charge of communicating with the the beings from another world. I just love that concept, but it's so beautifully done with the memories and the score and that and film shots. looks the looks so beautiful. You see you see those scenes with the clouds. Yeah. Oh jeez. This is like another I guess I keep gushing over like the shots, but like the contrast in some of the shots is just so good. Like the orange jumpsuits against like this black, like crowdy, um, not crowdy, um, cloudy, um, background facing these aliens. Like it's just, it looks great. This film just looks amazing. Even the look of the ships looks great. See, that's the thing. Going back to what we were saying about the new films, the new Villeneuve films, they just all look great. I think one of his secret weapon is that guy, that cinematographer. What's his name? Richard Deacon. I think it's Richard Deacon. He's just, he wins Oscar after Oscar for cinematography. And you can really see why. It's something Deacon. I don't know if I'm getting his name right. Roger, Roger Deacons. Roger Deacons. Ah, my bad. Roger. Yeah. He did the cinematography for Blade Runner. And he did the cinematography for Sicario. And he did it for Prisoners. Surprise, surprise. Mm. I don't think he did it for Arrival, though. So and he doesn't need to. That's a great, solid CV right there, man. For real, for real. But honestly, all all of uh, he just makes all the films look great. And when he links up with Denis Villeneuve, it's just out of this world. Speaking of, let's get on to it, man. Dune, <laughs> Dune, Dune, Dune. Okay. Now we're now, gonna be honest about this one. We are going to be one hundred percent honest because. Our initial reactions weren't like, this was amazing. This was the next Lord of the Rings. In our defense, well, I was going to say, in our defense, mm-hmm. we didn't know, I didn't know a thing about Dune. Nothing it, about Dune. It's only after watching it, I realized there's quite a bit of lore that it was a, it's a book. It's actually been, been deemed an unfilmable book by many before this, even after the 1980s rendition, where, I don't know, have you seen clips of that? I've seen a few I've seen, I've seen Otis trailer of it. It was hilarious. It was really bad. (laughs) So I've seen clips of it. I had no, you know, idea about the lore of it. Uh, I just didn't know anything about Dune. So I just went in and watched it because, and I had really high expectations Mm, because of mm. all the hype. And ah, I'm ashamed to say on first watch. Now, before we say this, we have seen it more than <laughs> once, all right? On first watch, I just didn't get it, man. I didn't get the story. I didn't get the hype. It was all quite frankly boring to me because I just didn't get it. And to add to that, I was tired watching it. So once you go to a film like that, once you go into a film like that, feeling tired and you just can't get into it it's a wrap mm, just, mm. just call it a day and give it attempt two. attempt number two after you know doing my home a bit of homework on dune about the law and actually watching it you know it came out on hbo max so able to incorporate the subtitles now Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually able to understand the story once again with the subtitles with the save <laughs> yep 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 indeed but 
it was like night and day. Night and day. Now, I, I will say this. On the first attempt, even though, you know, I said I found it boring and didn't really understand it. Again, the cinematography, the soundtrack, mm. Hans Zimmer did bits. The, the scenes where there's one particular scene I found just, it might be my favorite scene in the film, but when the, oh, I don't know what it was called, the, the vehicle that was like processing the, the spice in the desert got stuck. Yeah. One of the wires got jammed and they couldn't lift it. Yeah, the sand yeah, was closing in. I really love that scene. It's one of my favorites. It's just that how they all seem calm to begin with, and then if something goes wrong, and then you feel the build up of the urgency. And man, honestly, yeah, as I said, first attempt cinematography, yes, soundtrack, yes, interest, no, Did I understand <laughs> it, no. Second attempt, this film might just be a masterpiece. <laughs> Night and day, as I said. And it, it brought me back to, remember when we did The Hateful Eight and I was talking about, in general, films I absolutely hated on the first watch. I was like, what the heck is this? Why is it so hyped up? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you take a bit of time to relax your mind and just it's clear everything, all your preconceived notions out and have another go and give it a fresh you know, watch. Just give it another go. And it yeah. just turns out to be somewhat of a masterpiece. So, again, I've added Dune to the list. Dune is on my list of films I hated, but now love. Okay. Okay. Well, my experience was similar to yours. I watched it after work. Um, my expectations were intrigued, not high. Um, I, I fell asleep halfway in the film. <laughs> Man. But Maybe. I, I, but I actually film. didn't. I didn't miss anything because I, I kind of pieced together what happened. I didn't miss anything apart from amazing shots when I rewatched it. I noticed, but um, then I was like, and I was with my friend um, Jamal. Shout out to Jamal, and we were both like, yeah, that was. They didn't really blow me away. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't bad, but it didn't blow me away. I'm like, yeah. And then I, and I was that because you didn't understand it, or I think it was because I didn't understand it. I wanted to understand it, and I, I've said this on previous like episodes. I don't like just visually good films. I knew I was seeing that, but maybe not understanding the film kind of detracted from the like overall like score going higher. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, rewatched it um, at home, like you did, with subtitles, gang gang, and. I love the film. Like it made much more sense. It made the film a lot more enjoyable to just see it here with subs, understanding it, taking it in. And I could, I think I could watch it again in the cinema, but it's kind of hard to say without subtitles <laughs> because some of the phrasings they use, it's not like it's hard to hear. I feel like we're like not making that clear. It's not like it's hard to hear. It's just the some of the the terminology of the lore you kind of miss in. It kind of yeah. is important to the story. Like, um, the the name they gave him, the Kwisat Haderet. Yeah. Those kind of things. I was like... Yeah, in the cinema, I was like, that. what the fuck did he say? <laughs> <laughs> he got something stuck in his throat. <laughs> but, like, now I see the subtitles, I'm like, oh, that actually means something, like, significant. And honestly, like, we've seen Tenet. So we know about all about struggling to hear things. Oh my days. When we <laughs> do Tenet yeah. on this thing, yeah. Oh my days. The sound is going to be the absolute grievance, man. The sound, mate. We should do Tenet soon, actually. Cause... Yeah, we should, man. <laughs> but back to Dune. What was your favorite performance and your favorite scene? Ooh. Or your favorite performances? Mm, okay, so I don't know much about Timothy Chalamet. I've not really seen him in anything before. I know he's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff. You know, what? But... I feel like he's one of those actors where I, I hear he's one of the biggest, biggest prospects in the industry. But me personally, I haven't seen too much of his work. And the only thing I've seen him in is Call Me By Your Name, which is, he's just amazing in that, but I haven't seen his his wider work. 
Mm. So this this was the first time he he's kind of been brought to the forefront in terms of a big blockbuster type film. So and and he's going to be Charlie. No, it's going to be Willy Wonka. You know, not coming. Yeah, it's going to be Charlie Willy Wonka. Chocolate Factory film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was okay. Um, he didn't really blow me away too much. I think it's because of the character he's playing, though. So, I guess he did his acting well. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see him in other things to see how much range he has. So I know I don't just judge him on this one performance, yeah. but for what I've heard, he did the performance pretty well. Um, I don't really think I have a fit. You know what? The most intriguing character to me was like the the Baron. Like uh, the play by Stellan Skarsgård. Oh like, yeah, Baron his design Martin. was so weird. <laughs> it was it's so way he disturbing. Floated, yeah, he floated, and it was just like the way he hid when um the poison went off from in the ceiling. It reminded me yeah, so much of a moth. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just attached to the roof like some co- just cocoon there. I was like, what the a cockroach in the in the in the in the ceiling. <laughs> I won't lie, that scene, I didn't see him on the first watch. I didn't see, I saw they were looking at that corner. I didn't see what the hell, what were we staring at? And then on the second watch, I had to turn the brightness all the way up. <laughs> oh, what, you really couldn't like, see? I really could. I was like, what are we looking at? It was mm-hmm. dark. It was really dark. I was like, what are we looking at? And then second, and obviously I realized in consequence scenes, you know, scenes after that, that um, he survived that poison attack which was another great scene by the way mm-hmm. um my favorite performance has to be jason momoa i think yeah i just like that he was he was not like any of the other characters everyone everyone else was just extremely serious and whatnot he had a balance to that he was serious when he needed to be but he was also the relief you know not comic relief like you know marvel star but Every time he was on screen, you felt like, okay, you can kind of ease up a bit. And mm-hmm, even when mm-hmm. he was meeting the, free, the Fremen, yeah. <laughs> they, spat, they spat on the table, but then Everyone he was like, whoa, that's the good thing. They, they like y'all. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for the gift of uh, moisture. I return the favor. <laughs> <laughs> and the king is just like eyeing him down. He just spits too <laughs> And Momoa's character was also the M- Duncan Idaho. He was he was the the MPV of the f- of the film. If he didn't, you know, muster up a last bit of strength to self sacrifice himself to stop that laser from slicing up, you know, the main cast, they wouldn't have mm-hmm. gotten away. So yeah, that split second saved man. Yeah, he was like ah, and then he killed the rest. Well, not all the rest, but enough to let them get away. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, I. I dug that character a lot. Um, solid performances all around, to be honest. Yeah, there was absolutely. no one who was like any kind of weak. We gave any kind of weak performance. I mean, so okay, I'm not gonna say it was a weak performance. It was a very brief performance. But my favorite, <laughs> you know, who I'm gonna say my favorite was actually um the one who played uh, Lady Jessica. I think her name is Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, 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 the mother. The mother. I felt like her. She acted the hell out of her performance. Like, I oh, felt she was great. She, she was, was amazing great. in this one. Like, I felt like she was very protective of and of uh, Paul. And like, I felt like that mother like bond. Yeah, man, she saved his life. She trained him all his life to be one of part of the Benny Gesserit and to survive that Gom Jabbar scene. Is it Gom Jabbar or Gom Kabar? Um, you know what? To, uh... you, you, you're an expert in my eyes, man. And I'm going to ask you to do something <laughs> at the end of this too, so you better prepare yourself. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but you know the scene where basically she was the... One of the Benny Gesserit was holding the needle to his neck. That scene test. was tense. That was actually yeah. tense. Right? Like, that was a very good scene. You didn't even exactly. see the, the, the stuff that happened, but you just... But you see, the shame about that scene was... At, and on the first watch, I didn't understand it. Even after she explained, um, you know, we just want to see. It. And she said something about an animal. When an animal is trapped, it goes crazy or something. I just didn't understand that on the first watch. It's like and, a test to like assess his like his impulse control. Yeah, yeah, but it's quite intense because what if he flinched? He would have stabbed his neck with the yeah. Jeez. Okay. And fear, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer or something. Mm. 
But I just loved how you saw Rebecca Ferguson, Lady Jess, outside. You know she's trained him all his life for that, but mm-hmm. she was still nervous because it's like you can practice all you want, but when it comes to the real thing, you just never know. I just loved her emotion outside and the soundtrack for there that that wailing vocal soundtrack that was going on. I don't even know how it goes. <laughs> something like that, something like that. But yeah, I appreciate that scene a lot more on the second watch. There's so many good scenes, man. The scene, the, the poison scene, we mentioned that, but it's how it happens. Mm-hmm. He just closer, he put his, his personal shield on and he leaned in closer. And I forgot his last words. What was it? What were his last words? I don't even remember. Oh, Leto. Leto Atreides. His his last words were what Bossy, but I can't remember what they were. And he just breathed out the poison and he's like, y'all gonna die. (laughs) That guy, the doctor betrayed him because they had his wife. And (laughs) I don't know why I laughed at that scene. Why did you laugh at this scene? When they killed the doctor. I knew that scene was coming. It's like, why did you laugh at that scene? (laughs) It was funny to me because it's like, Oh, yeah. I said you're going to see your wife, didn't I? <laughs> so I set her free. So be free. <laughs> Slice <laughs> his neck. I don't know why. I, I just found that scene funny. Man. It's just how <laughs> it's just how unmoved the Baron was. He was like, oh, just another day just killing someone. You know? I'm sure there are minds of something. It does, but I can't it reminds you. It. it reminds you of something or a way that someone acts or reacts to certain things. It's just like an indifference. That's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, though. It's just what it is. Mm. And yeah, man, I I, re- I love that scene as well. But yeah, favorite performances, definitely Jason Momoa and actually Rebecca Ferguson. And I loved the scene when they were kidnapped by the Harkonnens and they were being taken to be dropped in the middle of the desert to their deaths. But then... Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Atreides managed to get them to ungag her because they know that she has the mind control power when she speaks. So that scene was really good. What did you say? Ungag her. Ungag her. The voice design was cool. Yeah. It's like a clear difference between the... A clear difference between when they're speaking normally and when they're using the mind control voice. Mm -hmm. It's like, gotta get the pitch right. Gotta get the pitch right, yeah. The sign language to communicate, yeah. That mm-hmm. was... And the sandworms, the sandworms, the sandworms, the design. Amazing. Amazing. The grandeur of the sandworms was just. Do you know what? I've had to compare sandworms to, and they're not even the sandworms, but it just fits my perception of what I saw is those Star Wars ones. You know? Yes, ones? yes. yes. <laughs> it's not even a sandworm, but it just reminded me of yeah. that. And it might, and it, man, yeah, I was shunned that one. It was like, this one got caught in 4K. That one was in like 140p or whatever, man. I don't know. This one was different. And there's that scene, like right at the end, like right at the end, where we saw one of the Freemen actually riding the sand... Did I see that right? It was riding the... Like, he saddled it, and it was riding the sandworm. Yeah. That is crazy. Nuts. I need the sequel. Thank goodness they've announced Dune 2, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because we need that sequel. How did you How did you feel when you first saw part one at the beginning? Because I wasn't expecting I felt, that. What's that thing uh, Malcolm X said? We have been hoodwinked. <laughs> Led astray. <laughs> run amok. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt man that Again. is like you, it, all you see is Dune 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 on the posters you go uh-huh. into the film Dune Dune part one <laughs> part one by the way it's like wait what now oh my days <laughs> and it wasn't even like a part one where it gives you a fairly definitive ending to part one when Dune said it meant part one as in we're going to chop it right here. It doesn't make any sense to end it here, but we're going to chop it here because we do mean it. Part one. Y'all mm-hmm. going to have to wait for the rest. So luckily, it was commissioned for a part two, but I have an issue with... So you see how Lord of the Rings was essentially shot back to back. Yeah. And you can really feel that when you're watching it, the continuity. There's no one's... 
suddenly changes, you know, they look drastically and whatnot. It's all very seamless from one through to three. Yeah. I, I just hope that the fact that they're not shooting Dune back to back doesn't suffer from the same thing because mm, honestly, mm. Uh, well, I'm very happy there's a part two because can you imagine? Can you imagine if they said, yeah, that's it? They would have been out. Not the biggest letdown ever. Our fans ever. have been waiting for this, man. I ain't been yeah. waiting for this, but they've been waiting for it. And the unfortunate thing is, Denis Villeneuve said he's not going to be able to start even start production on this until late 2022. Mm-hmm. It means it's going to come out in 2023. Mm, 2024, probably. Yeesh. Well, on the deal break, I saw something in an article saying one of his deal breakers is... So, you know, there was this big issue with, you know, during the pandemic, films being released both in cinema and on streaming platforms like HBO Max. Yeah. And he, well, see, this film's already on HBO Max, which is which is the shame because it deserved a bit more exclusivity in the cinema. But one of his deal breakers is that I don't care what state the world is in, this is going to be in cinemas for this long. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Christopher Nolan actually had a similar arrangement on the, for his his next upcoming film, Oppenheimer. So mm-hmm. he said, he literally, in the agreement, he said, not only do I only want this in cinemas for this amount of time, I don't want you releasing any films three weeks either side of this film. Now, that's power you can't buy. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine being, so, imagine being such a certain director that you can just make these demands. It's mm-hmm. like, must be good, man. They deserve it, though. They've worked to get to those positions. So, yeah, looking forward to part two whenever it comes along. Just hope it's hope it's not too long. But, yeah, you, you never know with this industry. Mm-hmm. But, and, um, oh, I wanted to ask you... Um... What did you think of the ads in the film? The ads? Oh. You know, you know the fragrance ads featuring Zendaya? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, oh, she was barely in the film apart from Visions when she showed up at the end. What did she do? <laughs> she did that thing where, and this has happened in, this has happened in a few other films where she's a big name but she's not in the film that much. However, because of her name, her following, we're going to plaster her all over the advertising campaign because it's Zendaya. She can't be in the film and we don't really show her because she's in the film for two minutes. I was was hoping for more. I I don't know what, but just more. (laughs) You can only assume that she's going to have a much... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, she, she, she definitely will. I feel like, I feel like exactly that meme you referenced today. I feel hoodwinked. <laughs> <laughs> Let us straight. Run amok. Like, she's in the poster. She's on the left of the character. She should be featured in the film more. And you know what's worse about that? The very first shot, and she's in the very first shot in the film. So you think, oh, she's probably going to be in this film a lot. Then she just disappears. You don't see her unless it's a random dream. And then she appears again in person near the end where she's like, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't have let you hurt my friends. Hmm. It's like, oh, I forgot about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it in the long run because I feel like it would make sense narratively to, because I heard the original one, they, they rushed a lot. So hmm. the relationship that those two are going to have, if they had rushed it in this film, I feel like it would have repeated like history. So I think part two is going to be, It'll be well-balanced compared to what we just got, hopefully. You know what that reminds me of? And this might be one of the biggest examples of just spent, just being in a film for like five minutes, figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm. And it, this time it actually won you an Oscar. So what? actually I can think of two examples. One is, one is extreme, one's not so much. First one is Moonlight with Mahashala Ali. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you seen Moonlight? I have. He was in that film for like 10 minutes. 
10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, it was an impactful 10 minutes, but he ended up winning an Oscar for that, for supporting actor, for best supporting actor. And, you know, congratulations. Very happy for him. I'm a big fan of his work. But, mm-hmm. man, really? <laughs> man, he's shot. He's shot. Hmm. I guess. But, yeah, that's just... And the other example was Anne Hathaway in Les Mis. So she was in it for slightly longer than just 10 minutes, but she pretty much won the Oscar for singing that song. Yeah, she deserved it for that, man. Yeah, yeah. But I just love how it's, you know, the whole work smarter, not harder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, y'all can spend all your two hours in the film. I'm just going to do a 10-minute appearance and take my Oscar. I wonder how much she got paid for this one film, though. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a massive blockbuster, so it wouldn't have been as much as, you know, what he'll probably be paid for the Blade film whenever that comes out. Remember, he was announced as Blade, and then bro, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that with all thing. my heart. I'm waiting for that with all my heart. I can't wait he's, for that. He's perfectly made for Blade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we haven't heard a thing about it since him actually being announced as Blade. So. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but... Of course it's going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. Come on. Wait, what do you think of that final fight at, at the end of Dune? Where the guy was like, I will not have it. Or, um, You've insulted me, sir. I would demand satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> he challenged him to a duel, and then Paul didn't know that in their duels, you have to fight to the death. It's, like, it's not a thing of, ha, I got you. Now surrender, yield. It's like yield. It's like ah, it's oh, like the to boy the doesn't death know our rules. Is he toying with him? <laughs> oh man! The thing is, he could have. He had the drop in him like three times. He was just embarrassing him at that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was okay. It wasn't the most tense part of the whole film for me. But again, that's that's one bit I found a bit. Well, I found it funny when I shouldn't have. It's just all the shouting. It's like <laughs> ah. All that to just get stabbed quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was okay. It was all right. Oh, man. Okay. So I said I was going to ask you to do something near the end of this. Mm -hmm. We're still going to discuss it. My challenge to you is to try and describe the plot of this film with as much research as you've done in your own time. All right. I'll give it a go. Oh, you weren't expecting this reaction, were you? You no. thought I was going to be like, oh my God. I'm rating you, so you go, bro. The, the mic is yours. Go. All right. All I'll right. put a beat down. <laughs> what you must remember is I'm going to ask the same of you for tenets. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, you thought damn. you were going to win, You thought you were going to win. You're going to go first with the tenant one. I ain't going to ask it today, so you know I'm, I'm giving you some grace. You get to do a bit of homework. You are Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm ready. Let's go. Stop stalling. Stop stalling. <laughs> Come on. I'm just monologuing. You got me right, monologuing, so son. The plot, as I understand it, is, you know, it's basically House Atreides versus House Harkonnen. As Harkonnen hates House Atreides because they're like, oh, you're gonna, you're, we feel like you're better than us and you're gonna uproot us and take our power, which we've had for years because we've been harvesting all this spice on, oh, what's that planet called again? God, how can I forget? Arrakis, Arrakis, Arrakis. Hey. So, yeah, Arrakis is basically the treasure trove of that universe. It has all that spice, which can make you have visions or it just powers your ships and it is gold. But House Harkonnen wants it all for themselves. But House Atreides, which is another, it's their you know, competitive rival. They're more noble, they're more legit, I guess. And mm-hmm. the Harkonnens want them gone. But unfortunately for the Harkonnens, they got a secret weapon in Mr. Paul Atreides, who's been trained up all his life to be the chosen one, the Luke Skywalker, if you will. And he will be the reason for the Harkonnen's downfall. 
So yeah, the whole film is pretty much just the Harkon is trying to get rid of the Atreides, and they thought they they thought they got him. They thought they killed his bloodline, the Duke, Paul Atreides' dad, when they, you know, they paralyzed him and dumped his wife and son in the desert, the unlivable desert, filled with sandworms and just speedy winds and hard conditions. But nope, they survived, and they met people. They've got some more allies now called the Freemen. You're gonna help him in the future journey to take down the Harkonnens. How was that? Did it make sense? Well done. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, if you feel like that was a succinct explanation of Wait Dune, a minute. let us know in the comment section below. <laughs> Where's yours? <laughs> oh, I'm not doing tenant today. We're not doing oh, tenant. We're doing June. <laughs> We're doing Doom, my guy. Where even the actors themselves said they couldn't explain the plot. You know what? I accept the challenge. On mic, I accept the challenge. I will make it my homework tonight to try and understand. Good luck. (laughs) I'm going to sleep first, though. I'm going to sleep first, though. But I'm going to get on that next. Ooh, it's Eternals week. Yes. Watching that on Sunday, bro. Sunday? Wait, what happened to you? You used to be a release day guy. You know what happened, bro? The world happened to you. My lack of... No, my lack of sleep. <laughs> I need the rest. I hear you. I hear you. you know, you're not trying to do like a late night viewing or when you've had a nap after work or... You know what? Nah, because I'm going to watch it with my boy. I'm going to stick to Sunday. Because that's the day we can all do. Shout out Shaq and Jamal. We're going to watch it on oh, Sunday, oh, bro. Oh. All right, then. Let's hear it. Let's hear your Dune wrap-up. Your Dune plot. Wait, am I doing that? Do you mean, are you Dune that? <laughs> so dumb <laughs> I had to fit that in somewhere man and you seen the meme going around people have been making that joke no. since the film came out you not seen a, a post of Joey saying how you doing stop <laughs> done no oh man oh no I'm not doing this today I think you did a perfect subscription of that then that was fine all right, all right. Your tenant one is still pending. Yeah, when we do, we shall revisit that another time. Mm-hmm. But until then, we are at peace. peace.